Hey, Holland. Hey, Carlos. We just had a day of work in the middle of an extremely disinfected office during the COVID-19 apocalypse. I feel super clean. I feel so clean yeah. on the outside. Oh. But on the inside. Dirty boy. I'm Tiff or Tabble. I know what you mean. <laughs> I feel like on a very special episode of mm. Tiff for Tabs today, don't you? Yeah. A little bit? This coronavirus wild COVID-19 fiasco yeah. has got everybody just out of toilet paper, going bonkers, out of work. Do you feel like it got more serious when it stopped being the coronavirus and it became COVID-19? I was like, oh, now we got to use our deep voices. Yeah. Yeah. You know, what happened to COVID 1 through 18 is what I want to know, right? Yeah, I really, I point. was really excited about COVID 2, Infective Boogaloo. <laughs> yeah. Like, wh- when did that one come out? I yeah. missed that one completely. The cure right? was just dancing. So it was easy to get rid of. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Which I might still have it. I haven't danced in years. Well, I'm a wreck. Have you seen what I have over here? Water. On du trois glasses. Of you do have three glasses. I over do. There. I've got water to hydrate, and is one of them is coffee. One of them is coffee, just because the pot was still on, and, and I touched it and it burned me, and I was like, "Oh, oh, coffee's still on." Okay, so I'll pour myself a little coffee. Uh huh. And what's in that third glass? Uh, something I brought to the office, which I've been mm. drinking for a whoopsie amount of time. A whoopsie <laughs> amount of time. Yeah, I meant to bring it in here so I could read the label, but it's um, it's the High West. High West. High West. Who makes uh. Great bourbons and whiskeys and ryes. Yeah. It's their it's their prairie bourbon, right? Yeah. It's funny because since we've been doing this, we've just always had beer. And then on this one, our kind of goodbye earth, so we have this end of the world whiskey. Yeah. That um is kind of is is a good way to send off, you know, should this be our last episode. If this is it, please let me know. Someone saying <laughs> that's this all. is it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I felt like I didn't want to end with like a Mexican lager. I wanted to end yeah. with uh, with whiskey. You know what? I'm not 100% in love with the way you said Mexican there. Was it angry? <laughs> it was a little angry, right? <laughs> I don't know why I'm laughing. Anytime we've, you know, the world has told stories about the end of the world. The world has told stories <laughs> about the end of the world. Whoa. Who's this? Well, Where did Holland go? gone i was swept away yeah and three cup mccrays over here (laughs) but um i don't know if they laugh too much it's like you know when the i don't know if this is just a james cameron thing but when the titanic down like the musicians continued to play and that's that's who we are yeah dibs on the cello i uh what i think it is go ahead is what it always is which is aliens (laughs) (laughs) Aliens. 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 It's probably just aliens. Did you ever read uh, a book called Ender's Game? I saw the movie. Steer clear of the movie. I, I will. Yeah. From now on. From now on, <laughs> don't ever watch it again. Because I don't want to. Read that book. I will. Um, it's one of those books that is brilliant, amazing. They didn't make a great movie out of it. Mm-hmm. But I've seen movies since then. I go, oh. They read Ender's Game and then they wrote a movie. Yeah. Uh, Starship Troopers. Every time I've seen that movie, which I love that movie, actually. Yeah. I go, it's very good. I go, 
someone read Ender's Game somewhere down the line, and then they wrote that movie. You want to hear two fun facts about Starship Troopers in my life? Yeah, I do. The first one, probably the most important one, is I'm pretty sure that's where I first saw boobies <gasps> on screen growing up. Wow. Yeah. I was just like, oh, they had like the co-ed shower scene, and I'm like, those are boobies. Yeah. A really, a really defining moment in my life. Um, second fact about Starship Troopers is that I totally met Casper Van Dien. Who, back in the day, because of Starship Troopers and some earlier things, was yeah. kind of the dude. Huh? He was kind of the dude. He was such a heartthrob. Yeah. Still is. Sure. I mean, when I saw him a few years ago. Yeah. Uh, so, it involves me and my roommate, Taylor. We were working on, I think it was a pilot. I think it was like a TV show pilot for screen junkies. I, I worked in art department, right? It was me, Taylor, working for a guy named Mark. Oh, uh, hi, Mark. Oh, hi, Mark. Uh, in the art department. And there was just a piece of, piece of like a furniture piece that they were just like, oh, we really kind of want that. It'll make it look a little more lived in, a little more high tech and super nerdy. And what this piece of furniture was, was a Starship Troopers pinball machine. Oh, hell yeah. The like main guy of Screen Junkies, I don't remember his name. I, I've not seen a single Screen Junkies anything. He knows Casper Van Dien and is like kind of buds with him. And he was like, oh, hey, can we borrow your Starship Troopers pinball machine? To have as a set piece, as like set dressing. We plug it in, it lights up, and it's like a super cool, like retro piece of of nerdism yeah, and nerd culture. Sure. And so what happened was it was up to me and Taylor. We had like a little a little truck, and they're just like, Oh, this is Casper Van Dien's place. Go there, pick it up. Can you tell me bring it exactly back. where he lived? Yes, he lives on. <laughs> we get there, he's not there yet. Right, so we're just waiting in this little truck, just waiting in this like nice neighborhood, just sitting there. And it's me and Taylor. And the thing about Taylor and I is that we're kind of lanky dudes, right? Taylor's like six foot something. I'm a proud five foot nine. Uh, but we're both pretty lanky boys. And then suddenly, Casper drives up, right? He's got like a convertible, rolled down the window. He's like, oh, hey, is it you guys? Is it just the two of you? And we're like, yeah, it's just me and, yeah, it's just us two. And he goes, ugh, well, I told him to send more guys. Never going to get it. Just drives off uh, and parks at his place. We get out and then we meet him. And he's like, yeah, this thing is heavy as hell. And it's on the second floor of my house. And he says, we we had some of the, my buffest friends, my gym buddies, and me, like four or five of us bring this thing up the stairs and like hurl it over the railing because it's so heavy and it's so awkward to pick up. Yeah. And here are Taylor and I, like these these like spaghetti dudes <laughs> standing next to Casarandine whose neck is like thicker than my thighs, right? And we're just like, fuck. We didn't know this. And Taylor's just like, well, well, we came all this way. Let's just go look at it. Sure. Let's go look at it, see how it is, how heavy it is. If we can't do it, then... We'll just nix it. We, like, won't do it. And by the way, Casper, super nice dude. Like, I, I think I was, like, kind of him being like, oh, like, oh, you guys could never do it. But he was just very, he was just kind of realistic. And he's like, I, I can't. I can barely do it with one other of my friends. And I'm yoked. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And uh, so we we go upstairs, and then we go down the hall, and we go into this room. And it is a Starship Troopers 
shrine man cave room. All dedicated to Starship Troopers. Yeah, which is his cash cow, right? I guess it is, isn't what, it? Like, that made him. And okay. so you go and you see this room, and it's got, like, a cutout of, like, him, the, the, the Starship Troopers pinball machine, like, signs and, and stuff. And it was, it was like, a fun little, little man cave. And then we see the machine in the corner. He's like, yeah, it's like we had to bring it in. We actually had to, like, take it apart at some point to, like, get it through the door, get around this corner. And Taylor and I are just like, oh, cool, yeah, we'll just see if we can lift it. And if we can, we'll move on from there. We go to the machine, we pick it up until they're like, oh, we can lift this thing. Yeah. We can lift it. Like, yeah, we're not the biggest dude. It's not like we can hurl it above our heads, but we can pick it up. We're like, Casper, well, let's try it. If it becomes too hard, we're going to stop. Yeah. We're walking down, we're carrying this pinball machine. And then we go to this corner and then we're like, Taylor's like, okay, I'm going to go down first. And like, you know, get a lot of the weight and I like have to just kind of pull back and lift up. And we're doing this crazy motion and we're really using all of our might, like all every muscle that we have. And we're and and all the while they're just like, hey, careful, don't overdo it. You're going to hurt yourself. And we're slowly going down. And then once we get down to the corner, then Casper comes in to like save us and he grabs it to, to help us turn just that last corner. And then we get to the bottom of the stairs and we put it down. And Casper's like, holy shit. He's like, you guys did it. <sighs> Me, my gym buddies, all these guys worked so hard and it was impossible. It was so tough for us. So it was just you two who got it down, you and Taylor. Yeah, it was me and Taylor. So he had like Gold's Gym, bring it up. Yeah. And then you two boys brought it down easy. Exactly, like the skinniest dudes. <laughs> I probably weighed as much as his wife does at that moment. We put it in the truck, tied it in, and he's like, I got to take a picture of you guys, send it to my buds, tell them the story. Amazing. Yeah. I have the picture. I got to show you. So did he send you the picture? He did. Okay, good. That's nice. Emailed it to to Taylor. So he's got a picture of us, and he sent it to his gym buddies, being like, these fucking nerds. (laughs) We're able to take this shit down the stairs. It is cool. I like the little details. Yeah, little Van Dean tales. So, around the office, we like to keep it interesting. Yeah. Keep it alive and fresh. Yeah. We kind of do our own things to uh, cut through the mundane, I should say. Yeah. And... uh, because this this job gets really repetitive where you just kind of see a bunch of different people but you're doing and saying the same thing a hundred times a day. I know I know that I need some things to to keep sane, keep my morale up, keep my energy up, keep a positive energy throughout the day instead of kind of giving in to the monotony of it all. I feel like I give in to just pure silliness. Yeah. Ditto. Throughout the day, I just kind of need to step away from the computer and go to someone else that's working there and make a strange noise at them just to kind of keep my sanity. I don't know if you've done that to me. Probably have. I just didn't notice because I don't think they're strange. Yeah, because they're not. (laughs) They're awesome noises to me. It's just me now. Like It's just, oh, that's a Carlosism. It just comes over and screams. I feel like we, I kind of know where some of these noises come from. And yeah. so you might make a noise and I'll just repeat it back to you. But I know the origin story. Yeah, for sure. We have a lot 
We have a lot of inside jokes. Yeah. That's, I think, something that really keeps the morale up, such as Gabbiano. Mm-hmm. I don't even know. Is there a way to even explain Gabbiano? Gabbiano. <laughs> We could learn people backwards a little bit. Yeah. I mean, it, it's Italian for seagull. It's Italian for seagull. Right? We didn't know that for the longest time. The longest time. And for some reason, we just said it all the time. Well, there was a bottle of wine. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's uh, an expensive bottle of wine. No. But it sat on the counter at the office for a long time. But we would say Gabbiano. And then it just sort of devolved into Gabbiano. Gabbiano. I remember when you first started Gabbianoing. <laughs> I remember the exact day. Because I was sitting like right over where you are. And it was like during lunch. And you kind of picked it up. And then you put on this facade that you were this old guy. And you're yeah. like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Gabbiano. Yeah. Oh, you're like pretending it's really good wine. You're like, oh, yeah. My Gabbiano. <laughs> I don't know why you did it. I don't either. I, don't, yeah, I was like, I don't think you do either. I don't either. But, but it also became the answer for anything. It's like, yeah. what do you want for lunch? How about the restaurant down the street? Gabbiano. It was yes, <laughs> you know. And then I found out that it it meant seagull. Yeah. And so seagulls just became a big a big old fun kind of like our mascot. Remember that poor girl who came in and auditioned, and she was very passionate. So passionate. She was learning to become a sommelier. Yeah. And so she, uh, she was a lover of wine and life and the dirt that the grapes grew out of. Mm-hmm. And she was so passionate. I asked her some casting question like, what do you love to do on the weekends? And we rolled right into her studying to become a sommelier. And we were right in our Guyana phase. Yeah, kind of at the peak. And so when there was a moment, I was like, have you ever heard of Gabbiano? <laughs> Thinking of you and the fun yeah. we'll have listening to this video. But it's it's like a step above a box wine, maybe. I don't even know. Yeah. We ended up drinking that bottle of wine. We did. It wasn't half bad. Yeah. It was all bad. <laughs> 110% of it was terrible. But this poor girl, I just remember the passion she had on her face, it left. And she kind of just looked at me and was like... Yeah, I guess I've had that. Yeah, I've heard of bush light. <laughs> right? It, yeah. I, I still uh-huh. feel terrible. I'm still having emotions when I think about that. That's so funny. Never seen her again. No. She left because of me. Yeah. But that's just that's just kind of one of ours. Yeah, that's one of us. I, I don't I don't know how many games we play. We have one aggressive one that we play. Well, should we explain it? Actually, we should uh, have Alex explain it a little bit. The game is called Hide the Kangaroo. Mm-hmm. But let's get him in here and he'll... Uh, Please. Alex, get in here. Hey, Alex. <laughs> Alex, get over here. Get your buttinski in here. <laughs> First of all, where did the kangaroo... Where was it found? I don't even remember. I found it. You found it. I found it in the small casting room. It was on that beautiful wicker chest that we have in there for some reason and it was it was hidden in between like the crevasse of the wicker i thought it was a bug i was like there's a nasty bug i'm gonna have to murder it i have to slap it dead and then i look closer and it was a tiny kangaroo like almost the size of a thumbnail like sized kangaroo 
Do you remember how like weeks went by and then we looked at it again and there was like it had a little pouch. It has a pouch and a with baby. a with a teeny roux in it. Yeah. The detail on this thing and let's it, it is honestly I've seen flies bigger than this kangaroo. I mean it is a medium size fly at best. It is so tiny and detailed. Yeah. And the fact that you found it on on a thing that was the exact same color as it. I mean, it could have been there for years. <laughs> Honestly, I have no idea how it got there. Who put it? It was probably a child that's like, I'm going to leave you here, favorite toy, and I'm going to get you when I'm done auditioning and lost forever into our hands. I think it was meant for us. It was meant for us. Let's, let's explain the game a little bit. Oh, yeah. Well, because when I found it, I, I thought to myself, oh, this is so small, and it's so funny, and it's so cute. And then for some reason, I have no idea where the idea came from. I'm going to hide this somewhere, and then whoever finds it needs to take a picture of where it was and then hide it themselves. Yeah, if anyone out there is wondering if this is more complicated than it sounds, it is the game that most like six-year-olds play at a daycare. It's it's hide an object and then find the object. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. it is the funnest thing you'll ever do. It, it's funny, too, because of its size and its shape. There are moments where I'm like looking around and I see something that is a speck of dust or like a chip of wood and i'm like that's it i get close and i'm like nope i am hallucinating i have hallucinated seeing that rue a million times in this place because just the architecture lends itself to such chaos (laughs) and and so many tiny places that it could be yeah that like at this point i'm just like i i I just feel crazy and the other side of that coin is I could be two inches from it, possibly in some way holding it, like like when it's inside of the phone, and yeah. looking directly at it. I mean, tasting it, smelling it, and I'm like, this kangaroo's gone. I can't find it anywhere. Like, I give up. I feel like all three of us know every inch of this office at this point from trying to find this little sucker uh, to the point where we've all gone insane in our little moments, mm-hmm. you know? Alex was the first to hide it in a spot that no one can find. And I think it was there for weeks. Yeah, oh my almost gosh. like two months, yeah. I'm proud of myself now, considering how much the game is elevated and how like awfully horribly challenging it's become because for weeks you all couldn't find it. And I yeah. was like, I think I ruined the game. Like Nobody wants to play, nobody wants to look, everyone's frustrated. This one was a slam dunk in my mind because you hit it in plain sight. It was literally... In a corner, like a small on the floor, like on the floor in a corner, in a shadow, in a shadow. That's the and key. And I, one hundred percent believe I looked in that corner a million times to the yeah. point where when Holland showed me, I was in disbelief. Yeah, I was like, no, I, I have made eye contact with this very corner multiple times. Yeah, I think it was Holland actually that put his face in the corner and he got up and looked at me and he gave me this like look and I was like and I gave him this crazy look back and was like oh my god and then I ran out the room and I thought he found it I thought for sure he found it and then later that night I've been just waiting for the photo and it never came and at some point I was like Holland where's the photo and he's like what photo I, I didn't find it and I was like so did you see the look that I gave you there was near anger between us I like second guessed Alex's character. I was like, did he break the rules somehow? 
And then we just kind of like, we're getting so frustrated with ourselves in the game. And we're like, dang it. Why would Alex put it in such a hard spot? And then the second I found it, I was like, I'm sorry for ever having an iota of that thought that Alex tried screwing us over and playing with us because you put it in the most perfect spot. He hit it right in front of us. Literally right in front of us. And I'm like, that's brilliant. Honestly, uh, I think in my mind, Alex like won at that point. I was like, what a great spot. I haven't found the kangaroo so many times, but the one time I'm the most proud of finding it is I was actually here at the office alone and Carlos had hidden it and it had been a little while. It hadn't been that long. It, it was around the time we were starting to get really good and I was laying on the couch and I was staring at the ceiling and I just had the weirdest thought. I mean, like the weirdest thought. It was like, you know, if I were Carlos... I bet he would just hide it right there in the corner. And, 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 and like the thought was ludicrous because I was like in the corner up behind this thing. Like the most random thought, like God himself gave me the thought. And I just for the sake of whatever got on the couch and it was right there. Like I had dreamed where it was. Yeah. That's how incorporated this game is into my life. It was a premonition. It was a, you saw I it. had a premonition. I didn't about know that. Is that why y'all don't want to play this stupid fucking game anymore? Because <laughs> I'm the last guy to hide it. It, it was hidden in 2019. It's now 2020. No one seems to care anymore. Is I'm that like, true? it's pretty crazy. It got hidden last year. Granted, we had a little winter vacation and stuff like that. But he had this awakening moment. He saw God over there. Mm-hmm. You seem to like feel Alex hit it in the corner that that he won the game and now i hit it and i'm like come on guys everyone find the rue and you guys have just moved on with your lives somebody's got to be the guy that's like just has kept it in their pocket the whole time and <laughs> it could be you now i mean i'm a little mean i'm not that mean this- and i'll be honest with you guys i was the last to hide it and every time i walk into the office i make sure, make sure i still there. look for that rue to make sure that rue is still there and you guys, I, this will mess you guys up, yeah. but you've done it to me. Do it. You guys are so close. Holland, I can't even admit how much time I've put into looking for the kangaroo because then it would be like malpractice at this job. Like, I can't be perfectly honest about like how much time and how many breaks here and there I've taken. To, like, We're not allowed to say, I'm going to go find yeah. it right now. I swear to God, it was on my lunch hour only. <laughs> there are moments that I forget. I need that fire under my ass. I need to have that, that fever dream with a burning bush that's telling me where it is. It's not that I don't want to look. <laughs> I'm just going to regurgitate the same old garbage that everyone's been saying. Yeah, gotta get creative. I'm staying the night. <laughs> I'm staying the night until I get another premonition, and then I'll go home. That's the plan. Okay. I need to meditate yeah, on it. Shall we sign off? I don't want to, but we're going to have to. Yeah. You know, the sad thing about this sign-off is I just don't know when we're going to be back in here. What if the tablet has to uh, do a, like a phone remote? Yeah, what if we had to, like, Skype call? Ew. Ew. It was, yeah, it was right. Gross. I don't like that. I'd like to be more positive than that. Yeah, man. Who knows when we're going to be back in the <laughs> office? Because everything's closed down. Because the world is ending. Did you hear me just corona cough just now? Yeah. Yeah. I heard. I gotta go home. I need to get the, I need to get the fuck away from oh, you. God. <laughs> What a disaster. Well, if if this is really it, yeah. uh, we have a handful of episodes under our belt. 
Yeah. There's season one. Enjoy. Exactly. Happy season one. Leave them on a cliffhanger. Yeah. Wondering, did they make it through the coronavirus? <laughs> Stay tuned. More from the boys on the other end of this. Thanks for listening to Tip for Tavel. If you want to shoot us a message or uh, say hey to the boys, email us at t4tcast at gmail.com. That's T, the number four, T, cast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear what you have to say. <laughs> <laughs>